Hello, everyone, and welcome to Henry Kissinger. Is Pokemon going to die? Not a threat. Just a fact. I'm Matt, a.k.a. Antifa Lockhart. I'm Alex Leafcrunch, a.k.a. Uh, Justin Tube Doe. Oh, like a funny aquarium. Yeah. We went to um, the aquarium in Toronto last week. It was and so nice. I regret to inform you that aquariums are good. Despite the constant negative press. Aquiwi? Aquafi. Aquifi. Aquifi. Unfortunate. Uh, the aquarium was really good, though, and we hung out with a bunch of friends and um, vaguely celebrated a bad holiday. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the best way to celebrate Canada Day is just kind of walking around downtown Toronto. Yeah, suffering. Suffering because of the heat. Yeah, and then just drinking as much cold beverage as you can possibly ma- imagine, and mm-hmm. then skipping town before celebrations actually start because it's too hot. And then watching uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Man. And then watching Spider-Man Into the Spider-Man 2018 film. It was good. It was a real good one. It was a good time. Um, Speaking of, there is another even worse holiday celebrated three days after Canada Day, um, which has all of our other hosts not present today. They're all doing some kind of shit for that, for the bad country that's even worse than this one. Kind of a Canada one. So we recorded our last episode prior to the Democratic debates. Uh, so we couldn't actually discuss any of them. And we're still not going to do that, because fuck that. I have nothing to say. <laughs> I have nothing to say. A bunch of milk, milk toast centrist garbage. It's fine. Um, so we're just going to talk about some other shit instead. Uh, I'm chilling. Looker's nearby. He's just sitting in a chair looking all sleepy. I He's got my I got my so crushed blue raspberry, and I'm ready to fucking party. It's summer. It is indeed summer. Uh... So we got a couple of uh, things on the docket. They're, I, I suppose they're more like interest stories than they are like, you know, big leftism stories. But, you know, yeah. podcasting is fake anyway. True. And also anything can be leftist if you try hard enough. Yeah. Let's talk about how uh, the rights of passengers is leftist. I mean, there's an easy it way is. to do this one. Yeah. Everyone should be doing trains and trains are inherently leftist. It's true. Um, Ayn Rand, don't interact. Don't interact. <laughs> anything you say about trains is not valid uh so there is a uh, passenger bill of rights that just passed through um the canadian it was it was it's it's passed through like the canadian house of commons and is currently in the federal court of appeals and is being appealed by like several agencies so air canada porter airlines along with 17 other applicants that include the international air transport association which has some 290 member airlines are basically saying that these new regulations are bullshit. And the regulations are for, like, financial penalties for late flights and, and financial penalties for losing luggage, which are two things that seem like they should be obvious. Yeah, and overbooking, which is, like, it's absurd that that can even happen. Overbooking is just a capitalism problem, right? Like, right. They, they, they overbook to essentially make sure that their flights are full. You should absolutely be compensated large amounts for, for being bumped from an overbooked flight. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that that gives people who don't necessarily need to make it the next day the incentive to take it. Because otherwise no one fucking wants to do it. Exactly. And then you get things like that one doctor who was, like, dragged off the plane and beaten. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that whole thing? I sure do. That was, do. like, that was... less than two years ago. Oh, God. So. Uh, was it Delta or Union? I think it was Delta. Either way, But, like, them. don't quote me on this and don't fact check me either. Don't fact check me. 
I find it really funny that all of this is like uh, coming to like like a big head at the same time that like Air Canada's looking to purchase Air Transat to make it so that there's even less airlines in Canada. Right, because the thing that we need is less of them. Yeah, um, like we functionally only have two large airlines, which are mm-hmm. Air Canada and WestJet, and Air Transat offers like the odd option for anything on like the eastern seaboard. Like they do a lot of Florida flights, they do Cuba flights. They probably do like New York and stuff as well. Yeah, they're based, they're as- based in Montreal. As long as we're like talking about air travel in Canada, it's worth noting that um, traveling up north can cost like up to two thousand dollars. Oh yeah, it's absolutely per, insane. Like one way, um, yeah. And and if you need any kind of like cargo, yeah, it's like hundreds of dollars. And like most of the people who are flying up there are going to be trying to bring stuff, either supplies for yourself or supplies for people who live there, because it's like prohibitively expensive to live up north. Mm-hmm. And, like, these are often places that can't be reached by other infrastructure. Like, you can't get to a Kailuit any way other than plane. Exactly. Because it's on a fucking island. It's on a fucking island in the middle of ice. In the middle of ice. So, like, even if even if you were able to get a train all the way to, like, the edge of Nunavut prior to a, a Kailuit and take, like, some kind of ferry across, that still wouldn't really make any sense. Like, it only makes sense to fly up there. And yet, yeah. like, it's prohibitively expensive. So that's one thing with Canada. And also with Canada, we have so few airlines, so little competition. One of the main contenders used to be a Crown Corporation. I don't know if WestJet also was, but it fucking probably was. Yeah, I, could, I don't and know. And so, like, as a former Crown Corporation, it had, like, a functional monopoly for years. And then was just put into the private sector to make money and became horseshit. Because that's how it happens. Because that's what happens when you privatize things. Yeah, so... It, it, it never improves anything for anyone but the shareholders. Exactly. And you want to you hear the big leftism for this one? Yes, please. Nationalize it. Nationalize planes, um, deplane the skies, uh, get trains everywhere. Um, on my way from Ottawa to Toronto last weekend, I got onto four different kinds of trains because I'm counting streetcars because they don't have those here. And they're yeah. very exotic to me. They rule. Um, trains are good. You also, like, when we were in Toronto, we were only on the good streetcars the whole time. We didn't have to get on any of the old ones. True. Which are absolute dog shit. I'm <laughs> like, sure they're, they are. they're 10 years older than me, and they're <laughs> so sweaty. Yeah, we went and, to And a they're nice, also really loud. The nice flooded, uh, the word is, uh, shore, waterfront. That's it. I yeah, got the there. waterfront. <laughs> yeah, no, the waterfront was nice. We basically just went to the Toronto waterfront and laid down in the grass for a couple hours. It was sick. Happy Canada Day. Yeah. Um, we should we should we should expand the use of, of of public spaces for greenery because anytime we were in a park, it was like fifteen degrees cooler than it was when we were just walking down the pavement. It's almost as if having trees everywhere uh, is good for everything. Yeah, no, it's actually super nice. Uh, speaking of trees and speaking <laughs> of climate, um, I saw a good good article on the uh, on the CBC today. Mm-hmm. Um. The best way to fight climate climate change? Uh, plant a trillion trees. One trillion trees. Just one trillion trees. So this is um, it's a study out of Switzerland from the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Zurich. So it's essentially saying that it is the cheapest way to fight climate change is just to plant a bunch of trees. But, you know, trees take a really long time to reach maturity. They do. And also, one trillion of them? One trillion, it's fine. Um, it's worth noting that the like the best uh years for like carbon intake for trees are the first years because they're growing really fast at first. Yeah. 
Um, so like we would get results quickly with this. Okay, thank you, Science um, Side of Tumblr, for this. I, I mean, I just read further into the article for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, Go, goes to show me. <laughs> also, so yeah, this uh, article estimates that there are three trillion trees on Earth now. So like, just for every tree you see, every for every three trees you see, just plant one. For every three trees, plant one new tree. It, it does note certain countries are, of course, better for this than others. Mm-hmm. So Russia, United States, Canada, Australia, Brazil, and China have the most room for new trees. Brazil's a funny one to have on here, given that their current government is mostly about deforesting. So that's the thing, um, is that there's obviously a need for resources, yeah. um, but that need isn't as big as the unfettered growth that uh, capitalism insists yeah. on feeding. Um, we can like log sustainably while also regrowing forests and like uh there's all sorts of ways of selectively trimming forests and like taking trees that can be spared and planting new ones right away yeah um the problem is that like the the essentially the the profit motive generally wants people to make short-term gains oh exactly with with like no look towards like long-term stability so for things like uh for lumber, like a, a large lumber harvest is going to be a huge windfall to your stock value exactly. for, for that financial quarter. And then you don't even need to think about the next financial quarter until it's that next financial quarter. And then eventually, like, this becomes, I mean, it's already unsustainable, but it continues to become more and more unsustainable. And, like, agriculture is particularly bad for this, considering the fact that we're, like, stripping all the topsoil mm-hmm. off the United States. And the United States feeds, like, a large half, a large portion of the Western world, especially in California. Yeah. And, like, the removal of topsoil and the removal of, like, nitrogen from the from the soil and the removal of other nutrients... I don't remember who said that, but there was a quote, and it's basically like, the entirety of the human race owes to its existence the, the, the like, a um, foot and a half layer of topsoil and the fact that it rains. Basically. <laughs> like, that is the only reason that hum- humanity was able to survive not- and thrive is and expand, is because we have the, like, the fundamental things ne- necessary for uh, agriculture. Yeah, exactly. But of course, like, the profit motive does not encourage like that kind of sustainability and that's why they all need to be guillotined and forestry needs to be nationalized that's true two. so yeah that's the thing is that not like reef re um replanting is always seen as this kind of like oh you do it in your gap year you like maybe yeah. it's just canada but like oh you go like do a summer of planting like you make 25 cents a tree and you go as fast as you can yeah i know linus's brother did that last summer yeah and if you do that like that's a great experience and and good for you for like getting in on the ground floor but this needs to be we have an entire like there are literally people whose job it is to like serve the interests of our of the country who yeah. like are trained to do grueling work and instead of like planting trees they're killing people yeah like imagine well, if- i mean that's, that's 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 like a big thing about like the essentially the labor market in general is that so much labor is filled filling just useless jobs in the service sector Exactly. Like imagine, and like these, like this could be something the government literally pays people like decent money to do is to go plant trees somewhere. Like imagine, it just like it's so it's such a no brainer. Like it's it it it's a it's a short term solution and a long term solution. Like yeah, like uh. I, I it's 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 almost. I mean, I kind of did it at the top, but it's tempting to scoff at this article. But it makes sense. It's like committing to long term sustainability is something that requires like. A huge amount of planning and forethought, something like planting a trillion trees would be. 
and a trillion trees like that's a huge number like don't get me wrong but yeah like say that um of the seven billion people on earth one billion people like get involved in this that's a thousand trees each if you do 10 a day that's like 100 days yeah and like expect much smaller numbers and much slower pace and it's still like it's still sustainable it's something that could be reached within 10 years exactly i'm, I'm trying to remember how many trees sudbury planted because Sudbury, uh, Ontario, which is my hometown, uh, won like a UN conservation award for tree planting nice. because um, because you wanted to hide the crater. Well, essentially, Sudbury uh, had like open smelters, so mm. they would just lay a bunch of logs on top of the ore and then light it on fire, mm. and so smoke would just like pour over, and yeah. it killed every single tree. <laughs> just every single one died. Yeah, of course. So, okay, yeah, Sudbury, which is a pretty small town with not that many people in it, planted 9.7 million trees in a period of 40 years. So, like, expanding just, just by population, you mm-hmm. could probably do it pretty quickly. Yeah. And, like, Sudbury has a lot of fucking trees now. You wouldn't, like, unless you have a particular knowledge of trees and you could tell that they're all pretty young... Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't necessarily know that they were all like planted within like the lifetime of most of the people in the city, right? And the other thing about trees is that like they just they aren't just like a solution in themselves. They like increase diversity. They protect wildlife. They uh, provide shade. They provide like soil retention. All these yeah, things soil retention is probably... a big one. Like it's a huge mud, one. Mudslides and floods are mm-hmm. a huge problem in a lot of places right now. That um, some better greenery could solve. Because like that was a huge problem with the with the Haiti earthquake. A exactly. lot of mudslides happened because the place had basically been strip mined of trees. I mean, yeah, like it's a like if you remember like back to the Haiti earthquake and the satellite images of Haiti versus Dominican Republic and like that line where trees are just like gone. Um, it's it's literally like it's a management issue, and I'm not yeah, well, like, I mean, blaming. They were still playing. They were still paying colonial debt to France oh, exactly. until that year. So yeah. It's, I'm sure it's a, it was mostly a, French multinationals who were doing it. Absolutely. It's, it's environmental justice. Like, it, it's in the interest of everyone to have greenery. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, like, also, trees shouldn't be everywhere. Like, there's obviously spaces for other biomes. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, like, yeah, this, just, this article even takes into account, like, existing city space, existing road space, existing agriculture space. Yeah. Like, just, so like just like a purely, uh, like, topical geographical argument there's still plenty of space there's so like there's so much land that's been deforested in the past 200 or so years that we like trees grow slowly but like in the long run pretty quickly compared plus like like, uh all that um all that all that melting taiga and uh and tundra mm -hmm. fucking plant some trees there now oh true (laughs) the arctic circle has moved north baby let's plant some trees (laughs) time to move in Time to move in. We can move up. Maybe um, the trees will put, keep the methane inside the earth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, lest we have um, further global warming. But actually, did you hear from uh, the, the premier of Alberta? Mm. Uh, global warming is a fraud engineered by foreign-funded uh, environmentalists. Oh, I didn't know that. So uh, laying aside the fact that like 90% of oil extracted in Alberta is extracted for a foreign foreign multinational, mostly American. Oh, that's irrelevant. The, 
not relevant to the discussion. Just no. uh, just a fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Kenney's United Conservative Government is going to spend $2.5 million on a public inquiry into foreign-funded special interests. I see that he did change it from environmentalists just to special interests. Mm-hmm. As if the environment is a special interest and not like, you know, the planet we all have to live in. Special interest also sounds a lot like a dog whistle. It It is. Mm. So Premier Jason Kennedy lumped together environmental groups and more in a down, in announcing year-long inquiry. And this is like, this is separate from his war room, which is essentially like people he's paying to post around the clock. Like he has, he has paid posters. God, I wish that were me. God, I wish that was my gig. I need, I need someone to fund, I, I need like someone to fund the opposition gig. So like me... And Kate Jacobson from Alberta Advantage can have jobs posting in uh, in opposition to Jason Kenney. I would just love to be paid to post. So the inquiry will be headed by accountant Steve Allen, who will have no legal authority beyond the province and cannot compel testimony for a possible public hearing. So basically, it's just literally so that they have more propaganda. Right. And of course, like the these guys are all big about like the, the free speech on college campuses kind of, you know, bullshit <laughs> rhetoric. And... They say that the environmental groups have damaged Canada's industry and have not managed to limit consul- consumption or production of pos- fossil fuels around the world, which, yeah, true. It's it's very funny, like, Jason Kenney has this huge opposition to the liberal carbon tax, saying that it hasn't really done its job, and mm-hmm. he's right. Worst person you, you know just made a great point. <laughs> <laughs> because the carbon tax is kind of like a bullshit band-aid solution, like, it's it's... It's fake activism. It's saying we're doing something about the problem while doing so little, and that so little is enough to possibly lose them an election. So why not just do something good? Imagine doing something good. There was a the, the Alberta Advantage episode that was a like post mortem to the Alberta election. Basically mm-hmm. said the same thing about Notley's NDP. It's like once the United Conservative Party was formed, there was no chance in hell that the NDP were winning that election. So what they should have done is put strong, long lasting policy that was not that could not be immediately undone by the incoming government. Like they should have just been doing politics, but they refused to do that, and that's kind of the Liberals. Because they don't of... have they don't have any positions or anything. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Like that's the neoliberal mindset. Yeah, just don't. A... I mean, we all know that NDP does stand for never do politics. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just the truth. Um, I can't. So wait. yeah, this I know Americans are all hating being in their election cycle right now, but our election is actually this year, and it is physically going to kill me. Yeah, we're all gonna die. Um, it sucks so bad, dude. Uh, there's like, there's a chance that no one forms a majority, and that's honestly all I can hope for at this point. That's like literally that's the best case scenario. But like, one of those cases is like the conservative party getting a minority, mm-hmm. and then like the liberals will absolutely support all their legislation because that's what happened oh, yeah. last time the conservatives had a majority had a minority because they're fucking spineless. <laughs> it's because the liberals just voted with them like every fucking time. And this is why you should never vote for a liberal. Like, if you're going to vote for a conservative, fuck you, first of all. And second of all, it's like, at least you have a position on something. If you're voting liberal, you just stand for nothing. You stand you don't, for standing. You don't believe in anything. Yeah. And, like, the NDP has actually been really good this election cycle. They have. Um, like, they've, they've, been, they've been putting good policy forward. 
And I hope that like once the actual campaign gets going, that they can gain yeah. some momentum back. Cause like the, the NDP's like huge orange wave that they got in the 2011 election, like this early in the polls, they were nowhere near their oh, really? the numbers they ended up getting. Shrimp interesting. Like those numbers came later. Right. So it'll so, be interesting to see. Like polling is by and large just bullshit anyway. Yeah. But um, we'll, we'll, we we probably get a good idea of it. Um, like, you know, actually closer to the election. Yeah. And just to the remind, polls that are closer are closer to how the votes end up actually going. Just to remind all the uh, international listeners, um, the provincial elections in Canada have been going on for the past year or so. And those have all been really bad. Um, every like, single one has been bad. Every single one has been. Except for uh, the BC one was the last good one. BC one was it was it was all right. Yeah, um, it would have been better if they captured a majority, and it exactly. would have been better if the Green Party of BC wasn't involved because they kind of suck on labor issues. Yeah, man. Um, but they've still managed to hold together the coalition, and the BC Liberals are not in power. What if they so were that's the Green nice. and Red Party. That what if they were that? What if they the red the Red Green Party? What if they were the Red Green Party? Oh shit. God, if we ever do episode three of Cana uh, Field Guide to Canadiana, it was going to be on the Red Green Show. Oh, crap, absolutely. We're, we're literally going to watch several episodes of the Red Green Show for it. It's good. Maybe we'll do it someday. Maybe. Uh, this is going to be the second week in a row that I promised to revive an old podcast of mine that fell off the wayside. Um, so everyone just hold me to it. You just have to. You have to bully me, please. Please bully me. Bully Matt into the podcast chamber. Yeah. So that's uh, that's probably good for, for Canada stuff for now. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us through that. Yeah, I hope you all didn't just turn off the podcast when you realized we weren't going to talk about American politics up top. Um, but I guess now let's nosedive into that. Yeah, uh, so CNN quoted a literal white supremacist. Hmm. Did they did they maybe present his uh, his 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 views as as objectionable in any way? Ah uh, no! They just said oh. he was a white nationalist who attended the protests in Charlottesville. Oh. Uh, he said he said he believed the left, which includes Antifa, which is like that's a sentence. Mm. So kind uh, of is box, just box as line. dangerous and if not more dangerous than the right wing could ever be. Like coming well, from the guy on the right wing, you think he might have a biased opinion on this? I mean, he was on CNN, so maybe he has a point. And like this is the this is the guy who was like this is the one who was doxed for being at charlottesville so he's particularly mad because like he i think lost a job over this mm -hmm. it's the one where he has like the shitty haircut and he's like screaming towards the camera yeah he looks like a, a shitty like general hux yeah he kind of looks like a shitty uh, a shitty general hux <laughs> imagine if <laughs> but general also hux sweaty yeah i know imagine if general hux wasn't played by donald gleason who's good mm, true um yeah uh, and yeah so yeah i think he might be a little biased on this one cnn maybe but, so you know, fair and balanced. Yeah. Well, I mean, fair That's, and balanced is Fox News's thing. Right. But I mean, just news in general has to be fair and balanced, which means you have to uh, interview Nazis. Yeah, you have to interview the Nazis and present their opinions as if they're like, you know, normal, regular <laughs> things to say. Uh, CNN says, I'm sorry for being a journalist. And uh, the other person in the meme says, interview this Nazis. <laughs> Man, speaking of people who aren't journalists, uh, Andy Ngo um, claims to have been hit so hard by a milkshake that he got a brain hemorrhage. Okay, so this is this the uh, the concrete milkshake thing? It's of the same story. They're of the same, like, uh, the concrete milkshake was like a thing pushed by him and also Fox News okay, and also so Mike were, Cernovich. So, like, you so know, three trustworthy sources. 
And it was the same protest. They were in Portland. And oh, okay. need I remind everyone that uh, Portland police was caught fraternizing with several far-right organizations so far as having like active group chats in which both are present. And Portland pr- police found a bunch of um, like heavily armed right-wing like militants like perched on a roof with guns and decided not to tell anyone about it until later when they posted the pictures of it. Well, they're, they're very busy. Yeah, so, like, Portland Police, which famously has just a wonderful, uh, like, comfortable relationship with the far right, was mm. apparently not able to protect Andy from being hit by a milkshake so hard that his brain broke. And he's, like, he was let out of the ER, like, the next day <laughs> and was, like, perfectly fine speaking and talking to anyone who went anywhere near him. Um, mm-hmm. But yet he's, like, making claims like he had a bowl full of fruit that he dropped on the floor because he has, like, motor processing issues. And you could tell he absolutely just Googled symptoms of brain hemorrhage and is just trying oh to God. make tweets around them. And then, yeah, the concrete milkshake thing. Like, the, the thing you gotta know about cement is mm-hmm. that it famously mixes really well with sugar. And milk. Like, sugar and cement are famous. Like, cement oh, sets yeah. really well when you mix sugar in with it. Right. <laughs> like... <laughs> Either they weren't milkshakes and it was just cement in a cup, or there was no cement in the cup. Who's but I mean, I? this seems like a good idea. Why don't we just fill cups with cement? I mean, like, you gotta hand it to them. That's, that's I like the idea. Yeah, well, I mean, they're just skipping a step. Like, right. what what are some vegan alternatives to hitting a Nazi with a milkshake? How about a brick? How about a brick? How about a brick? What is what is a try to prosecute of... me, Portland police? I don't fucking what is live a cup in your of cement, bullshit country. But a liquid brick. A liquid brick. Brickwood. I mean, one could shit a brick. True. Could you shit a liquid brick? That would probably smell bad. It'd be fun to hit a Nazi with that, too. I think it would smell better than poo. I mean, if you shit it, it's probably still poo. No, it's cement. Wait, is anything that comes out of shit, is it all do, poo? Do Gorons shit cement? Damn. Stephanie, do Gorons shit cement? Stephanie? <laughs> do Gorons shit cement? Um, I think Goron... I feel like they just shit smaller boulder is it still shit if it's coming out of their butt even if it's just rocks yeah of course it is okay we got the we got the expert zelda opinion on this aren't you still shit if it comes out of a human butt yes yeah she's right she's right um so yeah just i guess um we're gonna be throwing liquid cement at nazis now thanks for the idea thanks for the idea guys um, can we talk about the patriotic sneakers? Uh, we gotta talk about the patriotic sneakers. So Nike had unveiled a line of Betsy Ross flag sneakers. Buddy, they won't even let me fuck it. Buddy, they won't even let me fuck the shoes. Um, so I guess the Betsy Ross flag is like the one of the early. It's like the earliest design of the United States flag, right? Mm. I don't know shit about the United States flag because I don't give a shit. Um, but it's like. It's it's one of the ones from when they had less states. I think it has the 12 stars, yeah, in a circle. Yeah. So, essentially, it has basically just de facto become a white supremacist symbol, as many, like, old shit has. Mm-hmm. Not quite as uh, the same as, like, the Confederate flag, because, like, you know, it's it was, it was flown by everyone and not just people who were trying to secede. Right. I mean, they were um, trying to secede, but just from... Britain. Right, right, from Britain, which is valid. Yes. That's like the one thing that the American revolutionaries did right is told Britain <laughs> to fuck off. We yeah. should all we should all hope to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um so essentially 
if Nikki had n- Nikki Nike <laughs> Nike Minaj had made some uh, Betsy Ross patterned sneakers and pulled them after after let's see I'm trying to find out like what actually led to the decision. I'm just trying to think of a Dan Nikki or Bobby's joke with shoes. You keep working on that as I just read this. Okay. Okay, so it had basically just been appropriated by, like, a, a patriot movement, patriot and scare quotes, and fuck, this is a Fox News article. No wonder I'm not finding any useful information. <laughs> so, essentially, they pulled them, and mm. then people became really, really pissed at Nike, as they did when they signed, like, Colin Kaepernick to an ad deal, and, pe- like, essentially, they started uh, they started making like alternate designs of here are some shoes that Nike could sell instead. And one of them, which was posted by Donald Trump Jr., were like just red shoes with like a yellow hammer and sickle on the side. And, the and they looked was fucking the sick. It was. Right, it was, yeah, it was a hammer it was a hammer and sickle in the Nike swoosh. And they looked so fucking sick. And I want them so bad. <laughs> what would you wear on a shoe? Uh I would wear um that's a good question. Can I go back to the, um, I have Doc Nikki Gear Martins. Doc Nikki Gear Martins, okay. Um, and what would I wear on a shoe? Um, it would probably be the, uh, the One Fear, uh, or sorry, No Fear, Simpsons Porn, Illegal One Fear comic. True. Would it be One Fear on, like, the left side of the left shoe, and then, like, inside of both shoes is what if they made Simpsons porn illegal, and then yes. the outside of the right shoe is One Fear? Yes, so you have to, like, take the shoes off my feet to find out what the fear is. Or you just need to, like, like stand pigeon-toed. Right, which I never will because I'm not a coward. Yeah, and just reveal the Simpsons porn also on the shoe. <laughs> the, to be clear... <laughs> <laughs> the words Simpsons porn, not the Simpsons porn. Oh, well, I guess that makes you the coward. I guess you're right. Um, I would probably just have like industrial workers of the world uh, patches just on every square inch of the shoe. Oh, nice. And also have the front of it look like a uh, bullet train. Ni- oh, sh- oh, shit. Train kind of like trains. Baby. Shoes are kind of like trains it. for your feet. They're kind of like, they look like trains. And they're called trainers. Shit, I think we cracked it. Um, everyone, uh, in accordance with Nike and the fact that shoes look like trains, uh, we have declared that shoes are leftist now. Shoes are leftist. Shoes are leftist. Uh, they are no longer a capitalist commodity. They are produced only by the state. All sweatshops have been destroyed and the workers have been freed. Sandals are reactionary. Sandals are reactionary. Yeah, that's that's where we're standing on this right now. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed podcasting with us. We're we're a shoe company now. We're a shoe company now. I mean, we could just have Henry Kissinger's face. If you put Henry Kissinger's face on the front of your shoe, anytime Mm. you kick something, you're hitting his face into it. What if he was on the bottom of your shoe? If he was on the bottom of your shoe, that would be much better. It would be it would be Henry Kissinger's head, like right near like the the front of the foot, and Mm. then like a snake body, and Mm. then it says please no steppy. Please but no steppy. By golly, do you steppy? Please no You're steppy, steppy all over. Henry Kissinger. Please no steppy on Henry Kissinger. Hello? <laughs> hello. That's what he said. Instead of squeaking, the shoes say hello. Yeah, it just says hello every time you make a step. I think we cracked it. I think we cracked it. I think we've solved shoes. This is how Bernie can still win. This is how Bernie... <laughs> He's running. He's running. He's, He's running, running shoes. shoes. <laughs>
Uh, One more piece of news to get to before we uh, move into questions today. It's a sad piece of news. Uh, Miss Major Griffin Gracie suffered a stroke on uh, the morning of July 4th. Uh, She was one of the original, like, basically like the origins of the transgender rights movement and Mm -hmm. was also, you know, present at Stonewall. Yeah, which, uh, if you don't know, the 50th anniversary of that was just a few days ago. Yeah, Um, which is like, yeah, she's one of like the only like major leaders of the movement who are still alive because the other ones were, you know, likely killed or committed suicide. So (laughs) the fact that she is still alive is something that we should try to keep. So we're going to we're going to link to her uh, her fundraiser in the show description. She's actually had an active fundraiser going for like years to fund her retirement, which has like, you know, gotten trickles every here and there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But hopefully this can lead to, you know, some more substantial donations for someone who's so who's so such a strong member of the movement. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, my heart goes out to her. I hope she has a a speedy recovery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we got questions. Uh, some of these are really old. We just wanted to uh, work our way through the back of the inbox. I deleted ones that are like really, really time sensitive or which were about like specific topics we were discussing just to get yeah. to the real good stuff that's just sitting in our inbox. Sounds good. Uh, so you have a question here from Dr. Balls Dandy. Good URL. Thank you. Um, if the ghoul Jesse Thorne offers to put this podcast on maximum fun and get you those fun bucks, would you do it? And uh, they didn't ask why or why not. They just asked why not. <laughs> um, I would do it for one trillion trees. I would do it for one trillion trees. If Jesse Thorne personally went out and planted one trillion trees by himself, I might consider yes. doing it. I don't know. I would like if this podcast was like financially sustainable, especially because I'm currently fun employed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't want to have to have ads for Max Fun shows. Because yeah. every single fucking Max Fun ad is completely insufferable. A shooby da ba, a baby I've heard that Ono oh Ross and Carrie is a perfectly good podcast. Their oh, exactly. ads suck ass. I will. Ne- I will. I maybe I'll listen to it one day. I have no intention of doing so anytime soon because, like, even like the Mabim Bam ads, I'll hear sometimes uh, if I ever listen to the Flophouse. Like mm. those ads are not good. They no. are not flattering at all. And this is why noise space shows don't currently have ads because we no one has discovered a way to make a podcast ad that makes your podcast sound good, and so what we if, just haven't done it. What if like Noah and Summer did? Hey Noah, why don't well Summer? That'd be good. Yeah, I mean one day we'll actually make ads and stuff, but you know, at at best, I'd hope that noise space is just like you know essentially doesn't cost me money, which yeah. it had been until relatively recently. <laughs> Uh, donate to the Noise Space uh, Patreon. Yeah, Noise Space has its own Patreon, and you don't get anything, but you just give me money directly. Currently, it actually, since the way Patreon is set up, it makes it so that Noise Space is just like my personal Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, all it does is pay for a portion of the pledges that I give out every <laughs> month. <laughs> Still. But like that is, in effect, money in my pocket, because it's money that I am not spending. <laughs> Exactly. So, like, that is supporting me directly. The server, actually, it cost me about 20 bucks a month to run it. Nice. And the domain cost me, like, $12 a year. Not very expensive. The server is used for other things, but, like, it's particularly good for podcasting because I have unlimited bandwidth on it. So I don't have to worry about that unless I get, like, ludicrously popular, which none of our shows have gotten ludicrously popular. I don't think anything's ever broken a thousand downloads. Which is fine. Maybe one day. Um, and none of our podcasts will ever have Lisa Hanwalt telling you she's horny, so that's the plus. 
Is that the horny idiots one? That's baby yeah. geniuses. That is and, the worst ad I've heard. And like, Le- I'm sure Lisa Hanawal is an interesting person. Like, she's one of the creators of BoJack Horseman. But yeah, I'm not going to listen to her Tuka podcast. And Birdie, which have, by all accounts is very good. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard it's good. And like, um, it's all I've... based around her art style, which is also very good. It's great. I'm not going to listen to her podcast because actually, she you know says what? That she's horny. I, on I it. actually, I take it back. The ads for Judge John Hodgman actually make me want to listen to it because I like John Hodgman. That's fair. I don't have any opinion on him and those don't make me want to listen to him that's fair um so yeah why not because jesse thorne is a ghoul that's t jordan jesse go ads are actually the worst ones of all of them that is t and mood um we have a really really fascinating uh like just theoretical strong leftist question from anonymous here Mm -hmm. mario and luigi were born in italy Wario and Waluigi are their perfect opposites, which means they must have been born in a country that is the opposite of Italy. What country is the opposite of Italy? So I'm going to do some, like, word analysis here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can maybe figure out... So if you take Mario and invert it to Wario, mm-hmm. what you're doing is, like, making the first letter upside down. Okay. Uh, so if you take the first letter of Italy and turn that upside down, you get Italy. So that doesn't really get us anywhere. Um, okay. But if you then take uh, Waluigi uh, and you turn that upside down and you mm-hmm. get Maluigi. 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 Uh, you get, so you get, if you get, if you take Italy and you turn that into Middley. Okay. Or, or Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and then you take the uh, Y of Italy and turn that upside down into an A, mm-hmm. or like a, a Greek Aleph. Uh, then you get, oh no, sorry, that's a, is it a Delta? What's the symbol in Half-Life? Um, I'm pretty sure it's just a lowercase Delta. Yeah. So if you take the Y and turn it upside down to a Delta, you get uh, Witteld. Okay, with you so far? I'm, I, you've kind of lost me. Okay, so it's simple. So you take the uh, you take the uh, I of Italy, turn it upside down to get an mm-hmm. I. Then you take uh, the Wa of Waluigi and put it onto Italy. And then you take the uh, Y of Italy and turn it upside down to get a delta, which is a D. Mm-hmm. You get Witteld. Okay. So it's it's Wittgenstein. The physical antipode of Italy is Wittgenstein. Is, is in the direct center of the ocean. Oh. Just so the opposite of Italy is the ocean. Watery and Waluigi are canonically mermen. Oh, so, so I mean, Witthold is like watered. So that oh, makes shit. Sense. That makes sense. I uh, think we cracked it. I think we cracked the it. The opposite Varys. of Italy is Witthold, which is the ocean. Which is the ocean. Got it. Uh, we got a short one here from Windfall Island. Hi, Alex Leafcrunch. I have a question for you. Chekhov's knife truck. True. Um, so Have you seen there... the knife truck lately? I saw it a couple of weeks ago. Did you get your knife sharpened? No, he was too fast. I mean, you feel like the knife truck has to be a little slower than an ice cream truck. Because mm-hmm. an ice cream truck, like, the kids hear it, they know it's ice cream. They don't really have to bring anything with them. Maybe money. Yeah, you have to, To like, get carefully... your knives ready? <laughs> you you have ideally want to be ready. going... You don't want to be running with knives, literally. You have to have your knives ready at all times, just in case the knife truck comes by. Like, um, is there a sign you can hang up for the knife truck and be like... Oh, maybe. Just, be just like, like, hey, like a, like a symbol you can give so that they know that your soul doesn't need to be taken that day. 
So it'd be like a cracked bell. Yeah, like a cracked bell. Haven't um, seen any one of those before. No, can't think of any. Can't think um, of any cracked bells. <laughs> um, I think Chekhov's knife truck uh, would be, uh, if you hear a bell ringing in the first act. It's probably uh, a knife truck. It's a knife truck and the knives will be sharpened by the third act. The, kni- the knives will be sharpened by the third act. Okay, that makes sense. Thanks, Stephanie. Congratulations on the popular post from several Thank years you. ago. It, it was it's a good post. We have one more question from Tumblr user Mike Dawson. It has occurred to me, I guess this isn't really a question, it's more of a statement. It has occurred to me that perhaps the reason Democrats attempt to appeal to the moderate right is that it is the safest option and requires the least effort, the lowest amount of change in their policies, and the least likely to affect their wealthier members and donors. So um, Dan has so eloquently put what I stated in my thesis earlier in the episode, which is to be a liberal is to be a coward. Yeah, pretty much. Like, the Liberal Party in Canada is the Democratic Party in the States. They are remarkably similar in many ways, many of which include the fact that they just have no policies and that they're super beholden to wealthier donors. Although Canada does have slightly more strict campaign finance than the States does. We do have a lot less, like, super PAC activity and stuff like that. And you also are, like, you can't really, you can't officially influence it as an American, like, you have to put it through, like, shell companies and some bullshit like that. Mm. So, you know, a lot of the same bullshit. So it's the same bullshit. They're all um, cowards. They are. So that's uh, that's that's all we got today for this episode of Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die. Uh, so we'll kind get through the, the show closing stuff. Kind of a light and breezy one. Yeah, I mean, speaking of light, we do have light bringers. True. Uh, do you have yours? I don't have mine ready to go. All right, um, I will do mine then. Um, just like Matt uh, does podcasts for his recommendations, um, I have kind of been on a streak of doing YouTube channels. So I have another one nice. here, uh, which is called Red Gardens. Um, it's not as communist as the title implies, or at least not from what I've seen so far. Um, but it's a, a guy, a Canadian guy living in Ireland who uh, lives in this eco-village, which is probably kind of like uh in some way like bougie uh fantasies of living off the land kind of thing but he does actually do like experiments with uh small scale farming uh, and community farming nice Um, and the video that got me into him is this video about his compost heap which is a basically no rules compost where all the rules about like oh can't put bones can't put like dog poo in there i can't yeah, put fuck anything that shit. in there throw everything like, in the compost exactly baby. yeah as long as you like turn it over and like sift through it for like unbiodegradable stuff yeah um you can compost a lot of organic matter uh, and he's one guy and i'll maybe i'll put a link to this video in the description because uh it's just like so much so much good organic stuff coming from just this community's waste yeah. and one guy is turning it over and like spending a few hours a day in his gardens uh and like providing fresh compost for the whole community um That's so and this good. Is, like kind of related to like the agriculture sustainability tick we were on earlier exactly like i'm, I'm kind of in a deep rabbit hole of that right now and mm-hmm. I, i'm just like there's so many ways that we can improve our relationship with food and with the land um and with each other yeah. and those are all connected and i think this uh this might not be the guy's intention but it gives me a lot of hope for like what what small scale things can do in the future when this kind of uh, information is uh, more uh, generally available and when mm-hmm. there are people actually working towards this everywhere. 
yeah, uh, that's that's I generally feel about stuff like that. It's it's always just good to have the information out there, um, and of course, like you know, the the personal on the level of compost, reducing your own personal waste isn't something that's going to make a huge dent, but it does like you know just help your own situation. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, if this were to be enacted on a more industrial level, and if waste wasn't like like waste management is like a generally private system, yeah, and it's it's. Which is why so broken. much recycling just ends up in the trash. It's it's extremely broken as it is now. Um, like recycling of- has been completely un like pretty much unsustainable for years. The only thing that gets regularly recycled properly is glass because it's the easiest thing to clean. Yeah, like cardboard um, is mostly just thrown right out. And in the last couple of years, um, like our Western recycling, uh, we generally just ship it to China and they take care of it, of it for us. But and- they're not interested. They, they've they said, no, thanks. Like, we don't need this stimulus anymore. Like, we yeah. have our own stuff to do. Well, especially uh, with and- countries like the Philippines, which got, like, a huge shipment. They, they would get huge shipments from Canada of um, quote-unquote recyclables, and they got something, they got precisely 69 shipping nice. containers, uh, which were full of, like, hazardous waste, including dirty diapers, that Jeez. was labeled as recyclables, and it sat in a port in Manila for six years before Canada agreed to take it back. Holy shit. And like this is like This was this- private corporations acting and the, the the fucking government had to get in had to intervene because it was so mismanaged. Exactly. And this is like this is the kind of thing a lot of people are made to feel guilty over it, but it's not yeah. like an individualized issue. It's a systemic issue. Um I had a friend who was moving from uh his home in Halifax and he was trying to get like just trying to get hazardous household waste to the recycling center where they take yeah. care of those. Uh, and it was open like one day a week for four hours. Yeah, and that sounds about that right. He, the week that he was moving, it was closed because it was Canada Day. Naturally. So he had nowhere to, I don't even know where it, what ended up happening. Like he had nowhere to put his hazardous waste that he was trying to responsibly take care of. This is even like uh, something that happens a lot internally. There was another article on the CBC Today mm-hmm. about a... It's a community near Ingersoll, Ontario, uh, where mm-hmm. there was a proposed landfill that was supposed to become like Canada's fifth largest landfill in mm-hmm. an old like lime mine, Ooh. like limestone mine. Um, so this is they were essentially going to take 17 something like 17 million tons of trash could fit in this over the course of about 20 years. Yeah. Um, and they're just not interested in doing it. They don't want to take it because it's so close to like living communities. It's so close to the groundwater. Like yeah. limestone, limestone deposits are always very close to groundwater. And, and that's so, like, like you're burying this, and so you're burying this, and sh- yeah, you're burying this in shallow land next to like it's it's near the Thames River. Mm-hmm. So like this is like a main body that feeds southwestern Ontario, and this community draws from the groundwater. Well, <laughs> and so like like large cities are complete are pretty much unsustainable as as it comes to trash right now and need to take like larger action to reduce personal waste that's why like things like like as much as it seems like just lip service the single use plastics ban that Justin Trudeau's proposing is a good idea we shouldn't have single use plastics they're a large amount of the trash that we create yeah um yeah single use plastics are like almost always unnecessary and like the the times they are necessary like those can be accounted for like yeah we it, Mo- it's, it most is... more things should be should not come in packaging that isn't reusable you should be able to just that's why i really like the idea of bulk food stores yeah like going to bulk barn is 
a, a process of just refilling a bunch of spice things <laughs> and having bags that I can use for like eight other things before they finally become unusable. <laughs> Single use plastics are going to be like so foreign, like even just to our kids, like that amount of plastic just being thrown away. I fucking hope so. Like, like there's no, like it's just not really, really hope so. There's not enough petroleum left. Yeah, I guess so. That is like, well, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's another big thing is like the idea of peak oil was kind of like. It was almost like the fantasy of uh, of clim- of like uh, climate change activism is like eventually we're gonna run out of oil, so you should move quick. Like that was an idea that was floated, yeah. and it is like definitely still an idea. But they're they're always finding new oil and they're always finding new ways to make new oil. But like once that actually comes to pass, and like you know fuels are still using it, and we can't make plastics anymore. Mm. Like you'd hope that the system would have changed quick enough to to work with that but you know we're all going to be on fire and the and and the factories are still going to be making like ridiculously complicated plastic entrapments for my nintendo switch controller right where i cut myself trying to open it which is a good thing because it's for the switch nintendo switch controller good use of plastic the case that the nintendo switch controller comes in bad use of plastic (laughs) this is how we go that gaming is valid gaming is valid gaming is all that will stand the test of time yeah, we we should just nationalize gaming. Nationalize gaming. I think that's a good idea. That's a great idea. Um, Matt, what's your light bringer? Um, I'm actually gonna buck my trend of saying podcasts this week. Oh shit! And say my light bringer is that I'm spending the month in Oshawa with Stephanie. Aww. She's currently editing her podcast, her good good podcast of City Girls, which is oh. also on the Noise Space Network. It's it City is. Girls Make Two, but I was burping in the middle of the sentence, so I stopped. Valid. Uh, like lookers here, you could possibly um, hear the girls crunching on their water bottle <laughs> oh I did and hear yeah they're very loud they are i can confirm the girls are loud um i spent a few nights sleeping on steph and matt's couch uh in oshawa and it was very nice um i love to have animals in a small apartment yeah uh, lookers nearby also and he's you know knocking on the walls of his of his litter box as he does just hitting the box over and over again he's and he's wafting playing. the poop smell towards me <laughs> he's, thanks he's, looker He's ventilating. So that's that's my light bringer is being here for at least a month and if things work out well permanently. Yeah. It's the idea. We're hoping Matt for get it. Job. Matt get job. I do have to look more. I've been actually archiving my old radio show that I had in Sudbury. I've mm. posted like 20 episodes of it. So if you want to hear like 2017 me talk about music that was relevant in 2017, you can go to my Mixcloud, which is mixcloud.com slash mattgcn. Like, there's, like, more than 24 hours of radio shows on there that I've posted in the last week. Pour one out for summer albums, or summer playlists. Yeah, I'm not doing those anymore because I have not been listening to enough music. I respect it. But there are 10 of them. I figured Mm -hmm. 10 was a good place to stop. I might release, like, a best of or something. Just an opportunity to put out, like, a version of it where there's, like, no one who turned out to be a sex pest (laughs) on it. Because every playlist has one of those. Every year, the list gets smaller. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's Lightbringers. Yeah, so that'll be it for Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die. Uh, you can find us on Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we have a Gmail. All of those are HKIPGTD. You can also mm-hmm. get our Discord. The link is on the front page of noisespace.xyz. Uh, we also have a subreddit. Thank you for Bisexual Punch Party for setting that up for us. Um, and thank you to the taxpayers for the use of their song Evil Men off of Cold Hearted Town. It slaps. It's a good song. Uh, we're also on Spotify and Stitcher, which is remarkably easy. If you have a podcast and you're not, 
Just do it. It's very easy to set up. And then, of course, we have our Patreon. Yeah. Um, if you uh, donate to our Patreon uh, for $1 a month, you can get access to all our bonus content, uh, our audio lightbringers, our post and pre-shows that we used to do. Uh, and we're hoping to get some more Cut for Time segments out soon. Um, there's also... What else is there for a dollar? What can you buy for a dollar? I'm pretty sure that's that, that's that's the bet. That's the ones. Uh, for five dollars, you get to be a comrade in our Discord, and you get to uh, you get access to the uh, the collectivized nicknames channel, right? Which allows you to suggest nicknames for us to use. Um, Stephanie put Thomas the Tanky Engine um, in the podcast chat channel, but I'm just going to move that to uh, collectivized nicknames because it's good. It's very good. We do love to see it. Um, for $10 a month, you can be a Conrad in Discord, and you get to listen in to our episodes live, as no one is doing right now, except for Stephanie, who's with Matt. But Yeah, I guess... she can only hear what I say. She cannot hear what you say. And if she wasn't donating $10 a month, she wouldn't be able to hear him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she has paid for this privilege <laughs> of, of listening to me podcast. It's good, because we just donate to each other's Patreons. And it kind of just evens it, it evens out. That's and by that's it love. evens out, I mean Stephanie pays me significantly more than I pay towards hers. <laughs> Don't worry about it; it's fine. Plus half it's out. yeah, it's and feminism. some of mine goes to Alex. It's not feminism. And uh, the one thing that everyone does get is a shout out. Yeah. So I'm sorry, everyone five and ten gets a shout yes. out. So those five and ten dollar donors are Doctor Activisionary, Burgermeister, Stephanie Ruff, Pregnant Seinfeld, <laughs> David Besser, Hmm, Alex Schaup, Six Arm Sweater, Bryce, A Sexual Fish Tank, Bernie Sandor Clegane, Nick Verne, Alex Hoot, Dick Butt is the Real Jesus, Maximilian Rower, Tufster McGee, Bryant, Mogu, Nick Clarkson, Cadejo, Florian Siegel, Destryhawk, Siberian Pine Hardwood, PR the Disaster, The Tallest Jew, Michael Weems, Non-Binary with Left Beef, Summer Geist, Dijonais, Wooloo Friendship Brigade, Chaz Goblin, Paul Blart Fleshcart, Ollie Anders, and Ellen, the Anarcholalondist. In our hearts. Yeah, um, she can change her name all she wants, so that's still her title. We know who she is. Yeah. Um... Thank you all so much for helping this podcast. Um, it's a lot of fun to do. Um, happy 4th of July to everyone, even though that was yesterday. Happy 5th of July, everyone. May the and 5th of July be with you. May the 5th of July be with you. July the 5th be with you? No, just may the 5th of July be with you. How about this? Memento Pokemori. Memento Pokemori. And Semper Funny. Bye-bye. Hello? Bye-bye. Let's plant a fruit for you, for me. Let's plant a flower. Let's plant a tree. Let's plant a fruit for you, for me. Mom took me to the store today to buy some seeds and dirt. And when we got home, we dug a big hole. Got right to work. We buried the seeds inside the ground and watered them with the hose. I couldn't believe how easy it was to make something grow.
That's deep and true. Bye-bye.